the idea that we cannot confirm the results of a presidential election is frightening. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK. 90.7 FM people-powered radio in Los Angeles. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM KSO in Cottage Grove. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI. In Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950. The progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also streaming coast to coast and around the globe as usual on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation. NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Detour Talk. Radio Monterey and Radio Sputnik Blanketing Planet Earth Five days a week I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative Blogger, journalist, troublemaker Muckraker, all around, swell fellow And Cassandra Says me from bradblog.com Thank you for joining us Well we have quite a bit To catch up on today from over the weekend Where there was a lot of legal wrangling And PR wrangling And just uh, not any small amount of misleading and mis, uh, misreporting on a number of issues concerning the fight for citizen oversight of the election results in Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania, which is uh, an effort being uh, led up by the Green Party candidate Jill Stein, her campaign manager, David Cobb, uh, who's also managing the recount, if uh, we can call it that. Uh, he also happens to have been the Green Party's presidential candidate back in 2004, the last time we had any statewide post-election counts for a presidential election. Uh, in that case, it was in Ohio where uh, Cobb and Libertarian candidate Michael Badnarik filed for what passes as a recount in the state of Ohio. David Cobb will be joining us shortly for the latest on what is now going on and or what is not going on in those three states as the fight for citizen oversight and verified election results continues. I've also got a lot to uh, catch you up on from those three states and where they are as far as the counting and the legal battle goes. I'll get to that in a minute, but also breaking news on Sunday out of another story we've been covering closely for the last many months up in North Dakota where the U.S. Army said on Sunday they will not approve an easement necessary to permit the controversial Dakota Access Pipeline to cross under Lake Oahe in North Dakota, marking, uh, as Washington Post describes it, a monumental victory for the, uh, for the Native American tribes and thousands of others who have flocked in recent months to protest the oil pipeline. 
Desi Doyen, I know you have been following this story very close yourself here and on the Green News Report. Um, pretty big news on oh, Sunday. Oh, yes. This is this is huge news. It is a moral victory for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and all of the Native American tribes and their supporters who have joined together to try to force the federal government to take into account Native American lands and their treaties that we have had with the Native American tribes for all these decades. And, it's a temporary victory, though. Yeah, I was going to say, and their need for clean drinking water and well, stuff. Well, yeah, but those it, things, too. Yeah, it is a temporary uh, victory, at least, uh, well, for now. Uh, it could be short-lived. Donald Trump has vowed to support pipelines such as this one. He, uh, until recently, owned a uh, stake in the company, the Energy Transfer Partners Corporation, that owns the pipeline. His stock had been worth somewhere between half a million and a million dollars. Apparently, we are told, though it's not verified because we're not allowed to see his tax returns, that he has sold those shares. However, he still has shares in other companies that yeah. are also invested, other oil companies that are also partners or have a stake in the pipeline. Yeah, Phillips 66, which has a 25 percent stake in the pipeline. He owns uh, at least, uh, well, somewhere between 100 and 250,000 there. Um, the the uh, Dennis McKay, member of the Standing Rock Sioux, uh, called it a temporary victory. He said, we've we've got to stay put and stay united. McKay's daughter uh, chimed in to the New York Post, to the Washington Post to say everybody is still here for the long haul. Uh, Tribal Chairman David Archambault, who has been on this show uh, to talk about this, said we commend with the utmost gratitude the courage it took on the part of President Obama, the Army Corps, the Department of Justice and the Department of the Interior to take steps to correct the course of history and do the right thing said in a statement that with this decision, we look forward to being able to return home and spend the winter with our families. So uh, questions now as far as will they stay there? Will they head home? Um, the uh, elected officials uh, had very uh, varying responses to this decision. Senator Heidi Heitkamp, the Democrat, said a Democratic Senate U.S. Senator from North Dakota, said it's long past time that a decision is made on this easement going under Lake Oahe, the administration's delay in taking action. She says, after I've pushed the White House, the Army Corps and other federal agencies for months to make a decision means that today's move doesn't actually bring finality to the project. The pipeline still remains in limbo. Uh, the uh, the governor of North Dakota is not happy at all, says this does nothing to resolve the issue. The uh, Interior Secretary, uh, Interior Department Secretary Sally Jewell, however, praised the Army's decision. Uh, so a lot to figure out. And this was all coming on the in the wake of what had been uh, a deadline for eviction for the protesters uh, that was to be today. And um, so there was concerns there would be a uh, violent confrontation. One of the sheriffs there uh, has been <laughs> has, has been uh, incredibly violent. I don't know how to how to describe uh, this particular heavily guy. militarized police yeah. response to these unarmed peaceful protesters. Yeah, they've been spraying them with water as the temperatures In have temperatures, plummeted, yes. uh, claiming, oh, we're just putting out fires. 
But if you look at the video, there is no fires. They're just spraying the protesters, essentially. This guy, uh, Morton County Sheriff Kyle Kirchmeyer, said he was contacted by U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch, who has been trying to offer community policing resources to local law enforcement as winter takes hold. His response to Loretta Lynch's call was that while I appreciate the attorney general taking the time to reach out, neither assistance for law enforcement nor a timeline for resolution was offered. That was before the announcement yesterday by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Um, So when he says a timeline for resolution, what he's saying is a timeline to get approval to roll these people the hell out of there. And that, as thousands of uh, veterans, hundreds of veterans uh, showed up over the weekend, thousands were expected to stand with the Yes, they uh, wanted protesters. to create a human shield between the police and the protesters to protect the protesters, the water protectors, as they call themselves. And Kirchmeyer goes out and, and makes this amazing uh, statement to mislead the media Uh, about his concerns, uh, you know, trying to suggest we've got to take action and get these people the hell out of there. Uh, Here's what this guy who has frankly lied about how they've been treating these protesters, one of whom almost had to have her arm amputated thanks to tear gas canisters that were fired. Um, Here is uh, here's Kirchmeyer, I think, over the weekend. We have received very concerning intel that an element within the protest movement wants to exploit veterans with PTSD, arm them, and try to trigger their PTSD and turn them aggressive. Besides being horrible and wrong, it could be dangerous and deadly. And it's also untrue. Uh, Is it untrue? Yes, it's untrue. untrue. There's nobody that was talking about... A oh, triggering his, PTSD uh, in veterans. Oh, there his, was no one who was doing that except the sheriff well, was talking and about and it. And his, his super secret intel that he's got that there are Manchurian candidates that they're preparing to give guns to and turn on uh, to to force them to go crazy suddenly. I mean, it's it, kind of obscene that he said that, uh, you know, but, really but what, what goes farther from this now is that the Army Corps says that they are going to not only deny the easement, but they're also going to seek a reroute, an alternate route for the pipeline and re- require a full environmental impact assessment. Not along the whole pipeline. It's too late for that, too far along in the process. But for the new section, whatever that alternate route might be, that could delay it for months. However, a new Trump administration could overturn that decision. But if they do, the pipeline, uh, the the tribal attorneys have Mm -hmm. vowed to sue all the way and to tie it up in court for years. And the Army Corps is an independent agency and probably will have something to say about that as well. Although they do take orders from the commander in chief, I presume. Yes, but it's a little bit different than being a military outfit that can take a direct order. There are legal procedures that have now been triggered. And so I believe, as I understand it. You have to go through the court system in order to uh, bypass or otherwise circumvent those requirements. Well, what we do know is even if uh, if if such legal procedures have been triggered at this point, then it uh, you know, even members of the military are not allowed to accept an illegal order. Uh, even from the commander in chief. So we will see how this goes. All right. We'll keep our eye on on updates there to that amazing situation. And now uh, to what we are euphemistically calling a recount in three different states. Let me try to get everybody, including myself, up to speed where we are at this hour in all three states before we're joined by Jill Stein's um, by Jill Stein's campaign manager. 
Uh, Stein herself held a, a press conference today out in front of Trump Tower in Manhattan. So there's a lot happened over the weekend. So let me run through all three uh, states to tell you where we are. Let's do the easy one first, Wisconsin, where we're now in day five of the counts there. Uh, Donald Trump has reportedly uh, defeated Hillary Clinton in the state of Wisconsin by some 22,000 votes out of more than three million reportedly counted. That's about five tenths of one percent of the vote, Uh, though a judge in Wisconsin urged counties last week to to hand count the hand marked paper ballots that are used across most of the state in Wisconsin. A number of the largest counties, unfortunately, are simply running the same paper ballots through the same computer optical scan systems that tallied them either correctly or incorrectly, who knows, in the first place. Uh, So uh, some counties, however, are reportedly manually checking at least some of those ballots as they run them through the computer. But in a race this close, I would argue it's absurd that all ballots are not being verified for accuracy by human beings, especially as uh, all of these computer scientists and voting system experts who know how easy it is to hack these systems, who have, in fact, themselves hacked these systems uh, have been begging the state of Wisconsin and the state of Michigan to hand count paper ballots, making the case that we cannot know who actually won. We cannot know if those computers counted correctly unless we hand count uh, manually, publicly hand count those ballots. But hey, at least they're doing some kind of oversight in the state of Wisconsin now in their fifth day. Meanwhile, in Michigan, it gets a bit more complicated for right now. Uh, Despite being the closest of the three states in question, an unusual emergency hearing in federal court on Sunday resulted in a U.S. district court judge ordering hand counting of Michigan's hand-marked paper ballots to begin today at noon in the state after an objection was filed uh, to Stein's recount request last week on Friday by the Trump campaign uh, and also in uh, in federal court by Michigan Attorney General Bill Schutte, who's a Trump supporter. The state uh, filing uh, last week delayed the start of counting that was supposed to start the very same day on Friday. Though that objection failed on Friday at the uh, Michigan State Canvassing Board, state uh, law allows that two business days must pass after such an objection is heard by the canvassing board. Meaning that the counting that was supposed to begin on Friday and continue through the weekend, that could not begin until Tuesday or Wednesday of this week at the earliest. Mind you, we've got a lot of deadlines coming up. To meet uh, federal mandates for the Electoral College Uh, on uh, December 19, when they vote uh, in his ruling in federal court this morning, U.S. District Judge Mark Goldsmith ordered the state to, quote, assemble necessary staff to work sufficient hours to complete the recount by a by December 13. That is the federal deadline by which states must send final certification of their state electors to Congress. Judge Goldsmith said that the uh, that a state law requiring those two business days, that waiting period to start the recount, that that likely violates voting rights on U.S. constitutional grounds. And the uh, the Stein uh, and, and that Stein has shown, quote, a credible threat that the recount, if delayed, would not be completed by 2013. 
That's the federal safe harbor deadline to guarantee that electoral votes in all of the states are counted when the Electoral College meets on December 19. In ordering the recount to begin today at noon rather than, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, uh, under that two-day waiting period that the state had planned to observe, Judge Goldsmith ordered the recount that once it starts, quote, it must continue until further order of this court. So the state case cannot stop the counting. They've got now to go to federal court to get approval to stop any uh, any counting. According to the Detroit Free Press today, uh, Rona Romney McDaniel, and yes, I think she is related to the Michigan Romneys, Mitt Romneys. I believe she is. Uh, she's now chairwoman of the Michigan Republican Party. She attended the uh, court hearing on Sunday. She said in a press release today that she is outraged, outraged that Jill Stein is trying to use the courts to change the outcome of the Michigan election. After all votes were counted and certified by the board of canvassers, and she vowed that the state Republicans would, quote, vigorously pursue any and all options available to us to overturn this ruling and to end this recount. They do not want counting to move ahead, even though they are certain that their candidate won, that more voters in Michigan wanted them to uh, (laughs) wanted Donald Trump to win. So what is their concern? In any event, any such appeal of today's uh, ruling in um, in the U.S. District Court in Michigan would go to the U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in Cincinnati. The Republicans have vowed to uh, to appeal. They may have filed it already. Mark Brewer, an attorney representing Jill Stein in Michigan, called the judge's ruling ordering the counts to begin, quote, a victory for the voters of Michigan. I would say so. Uh, he also uh, revealed it was also revealed during the uh, during the hearing on Sunday that Michigan's Republican governor, Rick Leadpipes Snyder, as I like to call him, uh, has already signed and sent the results of the certified uh, election, certified results that were certified by the Michigan Board of Canvassers previously. He's already sent those to Congress. So. This argument made by Team Trump that carrying out a uh, count could somehow endanger Michigan's electoral votes is revealed as a bit of a lie. If the hand count is not completed in time, then the results already sent to Congress would be used on December 19th. So uh, their argument seems to be disingenuous at best that this is somehow risking the electoral votes in the state of Michigan. Perhaps it's risking Donald Trump's declared victory, but not the... uh, not the electoral votes for the state of Michigan, according to this admission during the hearing on Sunday. So, you know, they were trying to delay a process because they said that it would delay a process that had already been done. Uh, in Michigan, the certified results show Trump beating Clinton by just a bit more than 10,000 votes out of some 5 million counted to date. Judge Goldsmith, a Barack Obama appointee, said in his ruling that the fundamental right invoked by plaintiffs, the right to vote and to have that vote counted, have that vote conducted fairly and counted accurately, is the bedrock of our nation. Yeah, you think Uh, somehow that's a controversial statement? Apparently it is in the United States of America in 2016. 
That, by the way, despite the fact that uh, the Stein campaign has already paid nearly one million dollars for that statewide uh, account. That in addition to three and a half million dollars that was given to Wisconsin last week in order to try to have that vote counted accurately as the judge described it. So that's Michigan. All right. Now we get to Pennsylvania, the greatest mess of them all. Now you see, longtime uh, Bradcast listeners and Bradblog.com readers, why I have been warning over and over and over about Pennsylvania. Well, uh, we have been reporting on years, four years, on the disastrous state of election laws in Pennsylvania, their so-called recount laws, their 100% unverifiable voting systems. Um, that are used across the state. While there was some terribly misleading reporting about Pennsylvania and about Stein's efforts there, uh, much of the mainstream press really went with this misleading reporting, and I'm being generous here, uh, after the Stein campaign decided to take one of two different voter-initiated recount strategies to federal court instead of state court. Last week, we had reported uh, in detail on the ridiculous schemes for achieving any kind of citizen oversight, be it recounting electronic voting machines somehow that have no ballot to actually count or fighting to hand count the very few paper ballots that actually exist in Pennsylvania across the state where uh, six million citizens are said to have vote, uh, have cast votes on Election Day. Uh, or the difficulty for uh, the filing these so-called voter-initiated recounts. It is nearly impossible to make sense of the election code uh, in Pennsylvania when it comes to these counts. Uh, there are several different routes uh, for these voter-initiated counts, both of which uh, had been uh, previously pursued by the Stein campaign. One of those routes requires a county-by-county county and literally precinct-by-precinct precinct effort where three voters in each precinct must file a notarized affidavit and, and $50 asking for a count of some type in their own personal precinct. That's with more than 9,000 precincts in Pennsylvania, so some 27,000 voters would have need to have done this process in order for a statewide uh, recount to have been carried out. That process is still underway in counties across the state, yeah, but it's had, in it, and it's also on a deadline, trying to mobilize twenty seven thousand people. Contact, mobilize, and get all this stuff on filed. a deadline. On a deadline that nobody knows what the deadline actually is. If you look through the uh, Pennsylvania election code, there are several. It can be uh, five days after certification, five days after the counting, four months in some cases, four months after the counting. It is a mess. No one actually knows what the hell it's supposed to be. And counties are uh, basically making it up as they go. Uh, there was no guidance from the secretary of state on this. And all of this in a state where, where Trump's margin over Hillary Clinton plunged just last week by about 20,000 votes late in the week. His certification came in finally from Philadelphia bringing the margin to about 45,000 uh, votes out of some 6 million cast there. That's just two-tenths of a percent above what would lead to a mandatory statewide count uh, under Pennsylvania law. 
And they haven't even certified all of the counties yet. We're still waiting for some votes to come in from Pennsylvania. In the meantime, uh, okay, so there was that uh, county by county process, but then there was this uh, statewide uh, process that required 100 voters in Pennsylvania to file together to allow for a statewide uh, count as Mary Beth Kuznick of Vote PA, a nonpartisan uh, group that has been trying to get verifiable elections somehow in uh, Pennsylvania for over a decade, as she told us last week, that suit was always a long shot. Uh, they were hoping to place it in abeyance for possible use later, depending on how the county by county voter initiated counts went, depending on how they could figure out what the law in the courts, figure out what the deadlines actually were for that filing. That filing may have already been too late when they filed it. Uh, so a hearing on that case, that statewide county case in Pennsylvania, that had been slated for this morning. And the judge in that case suddenly required that one million dollars be posted by those 100 citizens, a, a bond. Over the weekend, the Steinkamp announced they would be taking that case to federal court on an emergency basis instead filing uh, on on constitutional grounds in federal court and uh, and thus had dropped the call for the statewide count uh, in state court while allowing the county by county challenges to continue in the meantime. They said in their filing, dropping the statewide voter initiated count that petitioners in this case are regular citizens of ordinary means. They cannot afford to post the one million dollar bond suddenly required by the court. By the way, the Republican Party wanted to uh, require a $10 million bond in that case. Uh, late Saturday night, uh, Jonathan Abadie, he's the lead counsel for the, uh, for the Stein recount efforts, he issued a statement saying, make no mistake, the Stein campaign will continue to fight for a statewide recount in Pennsylvania. We're committed to this fight to protect the civil and voting rights of all Americans. Over the past several days, he said, it has become clear that the barriers to verifying the vote in Pennsylvania are so pervasive that the state court simply is ill-equipped to address this problem, and we must seek federal court intervention. And as of today, they have now filed for that federal intervention. But that didn't stop the headlines on, uh, on Saturday from all of the corporate media. Stein drops effort in PA. Trump wins all of this stuff. I guess they didn't check with the Stein campaign because, well, the county by county efforts were continuing and they had plans to file today in federal court outside the Trump Tower today. Jill Stein uh, said that the uh, Trump uh, said that Donald Trump, if he believes in the voices of the people, he has nothing to worry about by allowing the verification of the vote tallies, which he is fighting in all three states. Those vote tallies until this count have been verified by no human beings. Stein cited specifically Pennsylvania's ridiculous legal and bureaucratic barriers to citizen oversight, charging that the court system and the election system in Pennsylvania is entrenched and has been she has been fighting it every step of the way. So we are here to assure Donald Trump that there is nothing to be afraid of if you believe in democracy if you believe in the credibility of your victory, put down your arms, end your bureaucratic obstruction, end your intimidation, and join we the people of America 
who are calling for a democracy that serves all of us and elections that we can trust. We look forward to continuing to work with all of you in this grassroots movement to ensure that we can trust the results of this election and to make the improvements that we need so that we don't need to jump through all kinds of bureaucratic hoops in the future. We don't need to hold bake sales on steroids to try to raise millions and millions of dollars simply to ensure that our vote is accurate, secure, and fair. This is the constitutional right of all of us that we are standing up for today. As I said, she vowed not to give in to intimidation, to legal and bureaucratic obstruction in any of the three states, including Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, where she cited the judge there calling uh, hand counts of paper ballots the gold standard uh, last week. Jonathan Abadie, I mentioned the lead attorney for uh, for the recount campaign for Jill Stein, uh, went on to speak about the pushback against the idea of simply verifying the results in all three states where they have been forced to raise more than seven million dollars so far just to try and have some kind of verification of the results. He said it's frightening that we use these type of systems and that there is such an organized, well-funded effort to oppose verification of votes by anybody for the highest office in the land. If you are a citizen of this country, you should be interested in a verification of the vote. We are here to verify the accuracy of the vote. We are here to ensure that the election for the highest office in this country was an accurate vote. The idea that we cannot confirm the results of a presidential election is frightening. The idea that we do not have working systems to ensure the accuracy of the vote is frightening. The idea that people are opposing the effort to verify the vote is frightening and disturbing. The idea that people who are supporting that effort are being criticized, in our view, is deeply misguided and backward. When we believe that the, that the democracy is not functioning properly, when the votes are not being tabulated accurately, we do not put our heads in the sand. We do not hide. Jill Stein is not hiding. Confronted with razor-thin voting margins in key states, confronted with the undeniable uh, utilization of archaic, unreliable, antiquated voting machinery and confronted with the evidence, the overwhelming, indisputed, unprecedented evidence that there have been cyber attacks, that there have been breaches of security. Jill Stein is joining and now leading a campaign to ensure that the vote is being accurately tabulated. Yeah, well, good luck with that. He also talked about the 100% unverifiable touchscreens in Pennsylvania and the need to have forensic audits of those systems since there's nothing to count. Uh, so uh, we're talking about 80,000 votes separating Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton out of uh, more than 14 million cast in those three states alone. That means that just had 40,000 been recorded for Clinton instead of Trump in those three states, she'd be considered the president-elect right now. 
So in an election this close, why would why wouldn't everybody in the U.S., including Donald Trump, want to make sure that the results were actually tabulated correctly? And what is the Stein camp prepared to do to actually keep the efforts going? We will speak to someone who knows as well as anyone, at least at this hour. Uh, the answer to those questions, Jill Stein's campaign manager, David Cobb himself, the party's 2004 nominee, joins us next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Given the outcome of the 2016 election, we really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years, even during supposedly progressive administrations. We are now facing a whole new world and real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media. You know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump must be able to continue the fight for all of us. This is not a drill. It never was. Please consider a donation to our work here on the Bradcast by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Yeah. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. At least going back to 2004, arguably worse in some cases. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We all recall the very close 2004 presidential election when just six votes recorded at each precinct in Ohio for John Kerry instead of George W. Bush would have meant John Kerry would have won the presidency that year. Well, even with the current pre-recount numbers that we have for 2016 in Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania, the contest for the White House is even closer than the 2004 race. Doing some very quick math in those three states where there is an approximate 80,000 vote margin across all three states between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. That means that had just about four voters in each precinct in those three states been recorded for Hillary Clinton instead of Donald Trump, she would now be regarded as the president-elect rather than Donald Trump. Just uh, four votes, and I'm being generous there. It could be about two votes in each precinct across those three states. So, yeah, each vote matters, or it should. So with an electoral college margin that slim, never mind Clinton's so far 2.6 million vote lead against uh, Trump nationally, doesn't it simply make sense to verify the results in those three states by having actual human beings publicly count the votes to make certain that the computers did so correctly? I'm joined now by someone I'm pretty sure agrees with that general point. In 2004, David Cobb was the Green Party's presidential nominee, and with the Libertarian nominee at the time, Michael Badnarik, David stood up to demand what would be at least a partial statewide post-election hand count in the great state of Ohio. 
That was the last time we had any so-called recounts in a presidential election until this year. David Cobb is now the campaign manager for the Green Party uh, for the Green Party's 2016 nominee, Jill Stein, who continues her fight for publicly overseeable hand counts in Wisconsin, Michigan, and yes, Pennsylvania today. David is also a longtime friend of the Brad blog and the Bradcast. Welcome back, Mr. Cobb. Well, Brad, it's a pleasure to be back. I wish it wasn't under these circumstances, but I am glad to be back with you. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, always good to hear your voice. Uh, all right, this situation uh, is starting to look to me at least more and more like both 2004 and 2000 with each passing hour. Before we discuss that, uh, David, uh, I've covered what I understand to be the latest legal status of the attempt to count the ballots in those three states. Uh, but I'd like to confirm, as best you know, where things currently stand for each of those states. Uh, so let's start uh, first in Pennsylvania. I understand the campaign is now filed in federal court demanding a statewide count on constitutional grounds. So uh, generally speaking, what are those grounds and uh, what is there to count in Pennsylvania with so many of the state's voters forced to vote on 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen systems? Well, that's exactly the point, Brad, that uh, there is no way to properly verify the DRE, direct recording equipment, uh, otherwise correctly known as black box voting. There's simply no way to do that. Uh, and it's especially problematic when you do not have a voter-verified paper audit trail at all. So it's, it's terrible to begin with. They should never be used. But uh, whenever they're used without the... Uh, uh, the paper trail, uh, it literally, it literally is uh, uh, faith-based voting and, and recording system. However, what we are, the real game here, let's just cut to the chase, Brad, the real game is forensic experts getting an opportunity to get our hands on those machines. And that is exactly what we are seeking at both in the state courts, in all three of the states, but in Pennsylvania, in the federal courts specifically, because the uh, completely outrageous system of recount uh, provisions in the state of Pennsylvania require three voters to go in with signed affidavits in every precinct, mm -hmm. 9,000 precincts across the state, in order to even begin a process of a statewide recount. Uh, so it is our argument that that is a, a violation uh, of the United States Constitution Equal Protection Clause because the, uh, Pennsylvania voters are simply not treated the same as voters across the state. We have a whole host of other uh, federal questions that we are bringing forth in federal court, but I really want to underscore, we are escalating the fight into federal court in Pennsylvania precisely because the Pennsylvania laws are so horrible. In addition to that, I'll just jump really quickly mm -hmm. uh, into Michigan, where we beat back Trump's uh, effort to stop the recount uh, through a delaying tactic. Uh, and the recounts literally began today in most jurisdictions. In every jurisdiction, uh, they will be fully underway uh, tomorrow, of course, in Michigan. As your listeners, I'm sure, already know, mm -hmm. uh, there are optiscans, which means that there are actually paper ballots, which, in fact, can be counted uh, by hand. And we, are, we have uh, uh, election observers fanning out across the state of Michigan uh, today and tomorrow uh, ready to observe that. Cut to the chase in Wisconsin, uh, where the state law was very, very bad because it literally gave county clerks the uh, the discretion to choose how to do it. But the judge did, in fact, uh, issue uh, in her ruling a very clear plea uh, to county clerks to please uh, do hand counts uh, because it would restore confidence in the integrity of the election process. 
most counties are doing that. There are several that are not. Uh, we are going into court uh, in those states to uh, try a higher appeal. Uh, so we are escalating in every single way, fighting not in not just in three states, but now three states plus a federal court uh, case uh, in the state of Pennsylvania because we're still doing that uh, state count in Pennsylvania. I know that's a lot, but mm-hmm. that's what happens whenever you actually are filing three different state recounts. And so any of your listeners who want to learn more, go to jill2016.com, and you can get up-to-minute information there. Our, our legal pleadings are getting up there as quickly as we can. But remember, this is a legal battle. It's a media battle. It's also an organizing battle. Uh, David, I want to thank you for ch- cutting to the chase in all three states. So let me hit a couple of details on each of those states. In uh, in Pennsylvania, I know there was concern and, frankly, misreporting over the weekend uh, that you guys were somehow leaving uh, Pennsylvania entirely. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brad, Brad, yeah. cor- are you telling me that the corporate media lied? <laughs> are you telling me that the corporate media gave misinformation? Oh, my God, I know that... Uh, Pacifica listeners and, and Bradlog listeners will be shocked to learn that it's, the corporate media did, in fact, lie. Now, the, the, the reality is that we are going forward with the, uh, the recount, mm-hmm. and we're covering about 40% of the population already with the recount to the extent that we're able to. We are still, uh, and we did, in fact, drop the state lawsuit right. on an election contest, which literally required proof of fraud. Oh, by the way, Brad, yeah. proof of fraud before you did the recount. Got it? So Yeah, be, and before you're able to look at, before you're able to even look <laughs> at those unverifiable machines. So let me ask you about that. This forensic study you're interested in, you're hoping for in Pennsylvania. Uh, back in 2011 at bradblog.com, we reported on Venango County, Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm hoping that's part of your case because there was a forensic study of that county's voting system that found that uh, an unknown computer had been accessing the central tabulator for lengthy periods, quote, on multiple occasions. That- on multiple occasions. Yep. This is the point. The, the, the fact of the matter is these black box voting machines are hackable. As you well know, Harry Hursty hacked them. There's a fantastic documentary called Hacking Democracy where it's literally done on site. Uh, our own expert, Haldeman, uh, has actually hacked not only, get this, has hacked not only the DREs, but also the OptiScans. Uh, so all of these embedded technologies that, uh, uh, that, that are using proprietary software, if any nefarious individual can get their hands on them, there are ways to manipulate them. That's the reason it's so important to have these forensic uh, uh, studies done so that we can literally verify the vote. And that, so we are definitely going forward uh, on those theories in every one of the, in all the three of the states that we're in. I'm speaking with David Cobb, Jill Stein's campaign uh, recount manager and campaign manager, and also the uh, f- uh, formerly the presidential nominee for the Green Party in 2004. David, I know that Jill spoke about this uh, today in her press conference uh, outside Trump Tower. But if Trump, uh, if the uh, team Trump won fair and square. Uh, why are they fighting so hard, as you see it, to keep the public from verifying uh, these results, in your opinion? You know, uh, that's, that's the point. What is Donald Trump afraid of, especially considering that Donald Trump swore that he would do exactly what we're doing uh, if he lost the election? I mean, he made that pledge. So I'd like to know, what is Donald Trump actually afraid of? Number two, I just need to name it, and that is that, once again, it's the Green Party stepping up for the integrity of the electoral process. You know, the, 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 the reality is that 
Al Gore and John Kerry, and now Hillary Clinton did not concede. They capitulated. Uh, it's getting kind of uh, uh, to be a common occurrence. Uh, and it's once again the Green Party. And I know that we're running out of time, Brad, so I do want to take us back to 2004, mm -hmm. not for just a reminiscent a walk down the park, but to really underscore to your listeners the critical importance of fighting. Because when we fight, we can win. In 2004, as you well know, mm -hmm. the recount effort helped to nurture a growing election integrity movement. We're not taking credit for creating it because there were many people who were already doing really yeoman's work on election integrity and bringing into question these machines that were proliferating across the country under the Help America Vote Act, or what some of us call the Help America's Vendors Act, where we literally privatized our vote counting system. But because of the Green Party's 2004 recount, we were able to stop the growth of those black box voting systems. But for that recount, it's pretty clear that the entire country would have actually been voting with those so-called black box voting machines because they were growing in use in almost every state, in almost every jurisdiction. So we stopped the halt of that. But it doesn't stop there, Brad. Two election administrators went to jail yep. as a result of the fraud they attempted to per per perpetrate during that. Now, you know that. that, that was that... Your listeners who follow you closely know that because you covered that. You were one of the few people who did. Well, and that was... In addition, just, I just want to... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to just to underscore, that was in Cleveland in 2004 where they found that uh, they were doing just a, a, a supposedly random sample hand count of 3% of the votes in, in your recount in 2004, and, and they found that two top election officials gamed uh, the so-called no, random it, it, selection it, it, of those of those ballots. In fact, it's a it's it's a bit like going to a card game uh, where you find that the the cards have already been dealt. They tell you where to sit and say, "Okay, now we're going to play." Mm -hmm. and it literally was like that. So two election administrators went to jail, and it doesn't end there. It was because of that Green Party O four recount that we provoked a top to bottom review of the voting system in California that resulted in the abolition and the outlawing of those black box voting machines. In addition to that, in New Mexico, where we also attempted a recount, mm -hmm. um, we were able to abolish black box voting machines. And it doesn't stop there, because two years later, because of the citizen lobbying effort that Rick Lass, who is now in Wisconsin right now, uh, helping in the Wisconsin effort, he was in New Mexico during the 04 recount and went on to become a citizen lobbyist. And uh, New Mexico now, two years afterwards, had the audit, uh, the gold standard for guaranteed robust audits of all elections. Actually verify the vote. So they actually do that in New Mexico. And get this, Brad, two years after that, so four years later, with the results of the citizen lobbying effort, they actually in, uh, improved their election system so that in addition to those robust uh, audits, they now have a mandatory state-funded recount of any race, statewide or state legislative district race, that is 0.5% or closer. A full recount is triggered, and the state pays for it because, you know, votes matter. 
Uh, you think they would, or they should. I know you got to go. Let me ask you uh, w- one last question here. In 2004, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I think pretty closely, uh, 12 years later, you said that the sign of a successful election is when the supporters of the losing candidate walk away knowing that they lost fair and square. And you also noted that either we count all the votes or democracy is a sham. Given the fact that... That is exactly what I said in 2004. It's what I say today. It's what Jill Stein says today. At the end of the day, Brad, I want to be crystal clear about this. In 2004, I was not trying to overturn the results of any election. Mm -hmm. In 2016, Jill Stein is not trying to overturn the results of any election. We are demanding integrity in the election system. We are demanding that every vote counts, so count every vote. It's just that simple. At the end of the day, if we do not have confidence in the integrity of the election system, we cannot have confidence in our government itself. I'm going to conclude with the Pew Charitable Trust uh, survey that just came out, and that is this. 56% of people who self-identify themselves as Democrats say this, these election results cannot be trusted. And here is the follow-up to that, Brad. 53% of self-identified Republicans say the results of this election cannot be trusted. Over half of the American people, whether they consider themselves Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Moderates, Greens, Libertarians, over half of the country do not trust these results. We need a robust audit system. We need full recount provisions. We need to abolish in its entirety these black box voting. And the Green Party stands for the the voting integrity movement. This is a voting justice movement, and we are happy to be part of it. And I'll conclude again, encouraging your listeners to go to jill2016.com and keep up with up-to-the-minute information on all three states. David Cobb is the former Green Party presidential nominee from 2004. He's now the campaign manager for the Jill Stein campaign recount effort. He's also the founder of MoveToAmend.org, the advocacy group calling for a constitutional amendment to roll back the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court's disastrous Citizens United and other related rulings. David Cobb, thank you, sir, for more than a decade now of fighting for election integrity. It shouldn't be this difficult in the uh, so-called world's greatest democracy, but so it is. And thank you once again for standing up, my friend. Thank you, Brad. Take care now. All right. Okay, a quick break, and we're back with more broadcast right after this. Same as it ever was. It's just amazing. You got to listen to the broadcast more often. I guess that's the uh, the answer here. Uh, good to talk to David Cobb again. All right, quick break. And we're back with more right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the broadcast. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the broadcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the broadcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back. 
two of the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. You know, Desi Doyen, this show today and over the past week or more is exactly the type of show that I was hoping we would not have to do this year. You mean the thing that you've been talking about for the entire length of the entire 2016 campaign where you've been warning people, hey, by the way, pay attention to your local voting machine, your voting systems, because this could come back to bite all of us. And of course, it was, you know, by then, uh, by and large, too late. That's why I wasn't just, you know, lead in the lead up to the 2016 election. I've been saying this for years. Our system is not built for uh, for checks and balances, for oversight, at least the way we ha- uh, the systems we have in place now and uh, and the laws that we have in place now. I mean, forget about it in Pennsylvania. I would argue about Pencil- uh, the problems, the concerns about Pennsylvania over and over and over again on this show. Same is true, by the way, in Nevada where uh, Rocky De La Fuente is uh, trying to do a partial... Uh, well, I guess we'll call it audit analysis of those systems out there because Nevada also uses 100% unverifiable touchscreen systems across most of the state. So, you know, I, I don't enjoy this uh, and, and I don't enjoy the fact that it's so necessary to correct so much of the misreporting that is out there by the media on this. Who The media, who, by the way, does not give a damn. They don't give a damn the fact that It is literally impossible in many areas of the United States to find out if the results from a presidential election were actually tallied correctly. They don't care. They should be outraged about this, but they don't care. They haven't cared for years. And I was thinking, you know, over the weekend, as I was looking at what was going on up in uh, up in North Dakota, the other story that we covered today, the Dakota Access Pipeline, exactly, uh, which has for the moment, in any event, been blocked by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Um, you know, we were looking at a at, at a at a deadline of today for um, for an eviction notice, essentially, that had been given to the to the protesters in North Car- uh, North Dakota. Uh, and there was, you know, we've had all of this violence there, uh, law enforcement officers and private security officers armed with rubber bullets and water cannons and dogs, uh, that they have sicked on the, uh, peaceful protesters there. And we're looking at a, what was to have been a deadline of today for an eviction and a possible showdown with authorities. And despite that, despite that impending deadline, as Tyler Cherry noted over at Media Matters for America, despite the ongoing violent retaliation against the activists by law enforcement personnel, the December 4 editions of the major of all of the major Sunday morning political talk shows, that's ABC's This Week, CBS's Face the Nation, CNN's State of the Union, Fox's Fox News Sunday, NBC's Meet the Press, none of them covered what was going on in North Dakota. They entirely ignored the events at Standing Rock, even with that potential showdown about to happen today. So if you had taken both of these issues, the North Dakota uh, fight to protect the water up there against that pipeline, the ongoing months-long protests up there, if you take the election story that we've been covering, the attempt to try to find out who won and lost, 
uh, if you flip that script, if it was Donald Trump fighting for these uh, for these recounts because he had lost by this incredibly slim margin. And if it was, you know, let's say some right wingers who were protesting uh, by the thousands on federal lands, do you suppose those would have been covered on those Sunday shows? Do you suppose those stories would have then been covered if the exact same stories were going forward, but the script had been flipped so that the aggrieved parties here were right wingers? Of course they would have covered them. They would have covered them 24-7. They have covered them 24-7 when we've seen the exact same situation, but it's uh, right-wingers instead of non-right-wingers who are who are aggrieved. For example, in Oregon, the Bundy family yeah. takeover of the Malheur yeah. Wildlife Refuge with guns that yeah. they were allowed to bring in. They were allowed to hang out there for quite a while. In fact, there, were ta- there was talk about... Uh, a, a, Authorities in North Dakota cutting off supplies. Well, when they were in um, Oregon, mm-hmm. you know, they could mail them stuff. Uh, yo, they could mail them stuff. They had they had automatic weapons. They were not, uh, you know, shot at with water cannons. Uh, they were not forcibly removed the, or yeah. ordered to be evicted. Yeah, uh, unlike the peaceful protesters up in North Dakota. Completely okay. different treatment. Yep. Uh, and, and so, you know, I hate to be one of these people who whines because the folks on the right do it too. Oh, the mainstream media is not being fair. I think if you just look at them, any you know empirical side by side study of the evidence. Uh, shows that uh, right-wingers get a different type of treatment, a more positive type of treatment when they're in these exact same situations. Okay, very quickly before we get out, uh, some let's call it good news in North Carolina. Uh, Republican Governor Pat McCrory, uh, who reportedly lost his uh, election to Democratic Attorney General um, uh, Roy Cooper in North Carolina, that Republican governor, Pat McCrory, uh, had charged there was uh, concerns about the voting systems in North Carolina and uh, charged there was voter fraud going on in North Carolina. Well, most of those voter fraud cases were entirely rejected by the Republican election board in uh, in North Carolina. He was, however, able to get a machine count of some 90,000 ballots, paper ballots in Durham County. Um, the, uh, the results, we don't have the results of that machine count yet, but apparently uh, little enough changed that Pat McCrory, the Republican governor of North Dakota, the abhorrent uh, Republican governor, frankly, uh, he has decided to concede the race. Now, I had called for a hand count, not just in Durham County, but across the entire state. I think that uh, McCrory's voters deserved that, given the problems they had in North Carolina. But uh, nonetheless, he has now dropped his uh, his bid for a statewide recount. He has conceded the race. Uh, and that in North Carolina, where uh, Donald Trump Uh, And the Republican uh, candidate for U.S. Senate both won statewide, but the Republican governor has lost the first time a sitting governor in the state of North Carolina has lost a reelection fight. So there's that. (sighs) All right. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, uh, to Jill Stein, campaign manager David Cobb of the Green Party. My guest today uh, for joining us, thank you uh, very much. And to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's broadcast, you can download it for free at bradblog.com. 
You can drop me email as well. I'm Brad. What? Who am I? Uh, br- Brad at Bradcast. Br- Brad Bradcast at. <laughs> thank you. Bradcast <laughs> at bradblog.com. And you can find me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog. My thanks as ever to those of you who uh, help us continue to do what we do here every day at bradblog.com slash donate. We'll be back with you same time tomorrow. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.